And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for a new year. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. You said in your word, behold, I will do a new thing. Will you not know it? I pray that this year will astound us. It will accelerate us. It will push us forward into your divine will. And as I step back now to communicate your word, I pray that the Holy Spirit will step up so that everything that is said and done will communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father, that as a result of your word, our lives will be changed, our hearts will be encouraged, our minds will be renewed, and most of all, signs, miracles, and wonders will follow your word in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, happy 2017 to everyone. Amen, including those who are going to listen to us via podcast, as well as those who will be watching by way of video. 2017 is going to be a unique year for our church family. It will be a year that we complete construction on our new facility. Amen. They told me construction will start this week. I'm excited about that. I think it's the third or the fourth that it's supposed to start. And we're getting ready to see the manifestation of 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 10, which says, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people. I will plant them that they dwell in a place of their own and move no more. It is finally time to move with the cloud. Anytime something was being built for God by God's people, he prospered his people so that they could fulfill the task that he had before them. Therefore, you and I are going to experience high and unusual financial increase and favor in our lives for 2017. If you receive that, say, I received that. However, it is my job as your pastor to prepare you and position you for God's will to be performed in your life so you can not only see what God is doing, but experience what he's doing. Amen. Now, in my heart for 2017, it is going to be a year of stewardship and increase. Everybody say stewardship and increase. Amen. This is an an unusual year because not only is today the first day of the year, but this is also the first day of the week, which is Sunday. And in the email that I sent to you all last week, one of the things that I pointed out was that New Year's Day falling on a Sunday only occurs, watch this, every seven years. 
Now the, the word, the, the number seven in the Bible is very significant because even in the natural, if you had some hiccups or negative things on your credit, they must come off whether they are true or not after seven years. Well, in the Bible, every seven years represented a season of debt cancellation or removal. So I want to make sure we're ready for the overflow that's coming our way. Look at your neighbor and say, overflow is coming your way. So if you're taking notes today, my topic is understanding stewardship. Understanding stewardship. If you have your Bibles, I want you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look in verse 2. And then you can put your ribbon there or you can mark it. And then I want you to look up 2 Samuel chapter 6 verses 1. I'll say those again. That was 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 2. And then 2 Samuel chapter 6 verses 1. Now, I'm going to jump right into the lesson, and I'm going to start out with 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. It says this in the King James Version, and if you haven't found it, all you have to do is look on the screen, and hopefully they'll have it for you. It says, moreover, it is required, say it is required. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, I love the NIRV version. It says, those who have been giving a trust must prove that they are faithful. In other words, you can write this down. Faithfulness is earned and not just issued. I'm going to say that again. Faithfulness is not just, is not, is not issued, it's earned. And so you and I, we have to prove to God that we're faithful. The TEV version, or today's English version, says, The one thing required of such a servant is that he is faithful to his master. I like that. In other words, the point that I'm wanting to make is to help establish direction for our year that we have to first understand that what we have is not ours and who owns it is God. I'm going to rewind that one. Here we go. That which we have is not ours, and who owns it all is God. It makes it clear in the Bible. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell in it. That verse is also found in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 26. It says, For the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. So everything belongs to God then that means we must be managers or stewards of his property. Just look at your neighbor and say, it's his stuff. So there are three things that I want to point out to you this morning that you and I must do for us to position ourselves as good stewards. Because listen, before increase can come, stewardship has to come. I'm going to say that again. Before increase can come, stewardship has to come. So there are three things that you and I must do to position ourselves as good stewards. Here's the first one, and I'm going to give you all three, and then we're going to elaborate on them. Here's the first one. We must have respect for God's principles and protocol. We must have respect for God's principles and protocol. Here's number two. We must have respect for God's property. And then number three, we must have respect for God's presence. Now... 
Let's find 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're going to look in verse 1. And I'm going to read this, this, this verse of scripture out of the NIV version because it took out some of the thou's and the thus's, okay? So in NIV, in the 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 1, it starts by saying, David again brought together out of Israel chosen men, 30,000 in all. He and all of his men set out from Bala of Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who was enthroned between the cherim that are on the ark. Verse 3. They set the ark of God on a new cart. Say new cart. In other words, David and his men found the ark of God. They put it on a new cart. They brought it. Watch this. From the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ohio, sons of Abinadad, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it. And Ohio was walking in front of it. David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with songs and harps and tambrums and cistrums and cymbals. And verse 6 says, And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. Now let's just kind of recap real quick. Okay, They found the ark of God because uh, the Philistines had captured it. And so they got hold of it. They built the new cart. They put it on there. And they had some oxen that was, you know, rolling the the cart along. And uh, what happened is the ox hit a pothole. You know, the kind we have in Mansfield. (laughs) That ox hit a pothole. And when he stumbled, the cart began to shake. And so Uzzah put his hand up to try to keep it from falling. Well, let's see what what happened in verse 7. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Amen. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there beside the ark of God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. So what happened there? See, unless you understand God's principles and protocol, everybody say principles and protocol. Unless you understand the principles and protocol of God, you'll look at this story and walk away as if God is cruel. But see, what really happened was they did not follow, watch this, or be good stewards over the ark of God. So to understand what really happened We have to position ourselves as faithful stewards so when God puts us in charge of something, when he gives you that new promotion, when he gives you that new job, when he births that business inside of you, you and I are now stewards of what he's given us. So to really get this, you got to go back and see what actually happened. Because when I read it, I said, something in this story is missing. So now we're going to go to 1 Samuel. Say 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 1. And it says, now the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priest and the diviners saying, what shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Now let me tell you why they started talking about what to do with this ark. Because when they captured the ark, remember the Philistines were enemies of the Israelites. 
Okay? So what happened is when they stole the ark of God, God began to plague all of them with boils and, and different diseases. And so bad things begin to happen. So they said to themselves, what shall we do with this ark? Tell us how should we send it to its place? So they said, well, if you send away the ark of God of Israel, do not send it empty. But all, by all means, everybody say by all means. By all means, return it to him with the trespass offering. That was amazing to me. Even some, watch this, some pagan people knew to give the Lord God of Israel an offering. Watch this now. He says, then you will be healed. And if it will be known to you uh, why his hand has not been removed from you. Verse 4. Then they said, well, what is this trespass offering? What shall we return to him? They answered, well, let's send him five golden tumors and five golden rats. How many know they had no idea what to give to the Lord? And then it says in verse 5, therefore you shall make images of the tumors. And so they made images and everything. And and then uh, they said, you know, we don't want to harden our hearts in verse 6 like the Egyptians and Pharaoh did. Let's just let this art go. So in verse 7 it says, Now therefore make a new cart. Everybody say a new cart. A new cart. Take two milk cows which have never been yoked before. Hitch the cows to the cart. And take their calves home away from them. Then take the ark of the Lord and set it on the cart and put the articles of gold which you are returning to him as a trespass offering in a chest by its side. Then send it away and let it go and watch it and see if it goes up the road in its own territory to the city of Beth Shemesh. Then he has done us great e- this great evil. But if not, we shall know if it was his hand or whether it was just by happen chance. So I'm going to jump down now because now you see what happened. So in verse 12 it says the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh and went along the highway lowing as they went. In other words, moo as they went. They did not turn aside to the right or the left and the Lord of the Philistines went to look. Verse 13. Now the people of Beth Shemesh, they were reaping their wheat in the harvest in the valley and they lifted up their eyes. They saw the ark. They rejoiced to see it. Then the, watch this, then the cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. And I'm going to jump down to verse 15. The Levites took the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it, with the articles of gold, put it on the Lord's, uh, uh, large stone. Then the men offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices. Now, I want you to notice something in verse 14 that we skip. It said they split the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering. Because, see, that's the type of offering God wanted. He wanted a meat offering. He didn't need rats and tumors made out of gold. Well, they wouldn't know that. So I want you to see something. Because for the first time, the ark of God... This was the first time it had ever been transported this way. When the Philistines made this new cart, the ark of the, the ark of the Lord had never been transported with a cart. So now we can look back and see why what happened to David them happened. Because here it was, they put the ark on a cart and they never should have. In other words, if you and I are going to be good stewards, we have to, watch this now, we have to be reverent or have respect for the principles and the protocol of God. See, a lot of the word is not working in a lot of the believers' lives because we want to do it our way. God's not Burger King. You can't have it your way. Now, what's interesting is if you will just let God have his way, you will have your way. 
So now, here's what happened. And ungodly and pagan people are the ones that first decided to use a card. Now see, God had a specific group and he had a specific way in which he wanted this cart transported or this art transported. In Numbers 4.15, just write it down. It says this, the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it, but they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die. So God had already told them in the book of Numbers, here is who I want to, to carry this ark. And when they do that, don't touch it because if you touch it, you're going to die. Why? Because the ark represented the presence of God. Now in Exodus 25 verses 10, I'm going to read it to you. It talks about what the ark was made out of. Uh, made out of acacia wood. And it talks about that in verse 12. It says, you shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them in each four corners. Two rings shall be on one side and two rings on the other side. And you shall make a pole of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put the poles in the rings on the side of the ark that the ark may be carried by them. So this was God's uh, way of doing it. He said, listen, this is how you transport my ark. You're going to put two rings. It was like a box, okay? And then the front of the box on the side had a ring and the back had a ring on both sides. He said, make those rings, overlay them with gold, and then make the pole out of this assail wood or however way you say that, and then stick the pole in the rings and men, four men, are supposed to carry, and just not any man. They had to be Levites. So God had a protocol. Everybody said God had a protocol. He had a protocol in which he wanted them to carry this ark. And because they did not have respect for his ways, somebody died. Amen. So we can see now that they did not properly steward the ark of God. So for us, you and I, for us to be good stewards, we must now apply the principles and protocol to our life. You know, what's amazing is that most of us as believers, we know what to do, but we don't necessarily do it. Amen. Here's the, the second thing. We must have respect for God's property. Remember, the first one, we must have respect for what? Principles and protocol of God. In other words, what God said and how he wants us to go about doing it. And so let's pick up the story now in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Uh, we're going to look in verse 9. Okay, so we're picking the story back up. Now let me just remember, tell you what happened. Remember, Uzzah touched it. He died. David was like, oh my God, man, somebody died. What are we going to do? So verse 9 picks up the story. David was afraid of the Lord that day. I would think so. He says, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, watch now, he took it aside to the house of Oba-Edom. Everybody say Oba-Edom. He took it aside to the house of Oba-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Oba-Edom, the Gittite, for how many months? Three months. And the Lord did what? The Lord blessed him. And then said, no, 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 I'm not just going to bless him. I'm going to bless his entire what? Household. Now, King David was told that the Lord had blessed the house of Obed-Edom and everything he has. Watch this. Because of the presence 
of God. Amen. Now, remember, my second point is we must have respect for God's property. So here it is. David them didn't have respect for it. And so he said, I'm not taking this nowhere else. So I don't, you know, uh, he had to know over Eden because you're not just going to give the ark to anybody. All right. Now, you know, uh, there are different you know, philosophies about who Oba-Edom was and everything. Uh, but uh, one of the things that I do know is that there were different slaves and servants that uh, the children of Israel had captured through fighting. And so when they would get a servant, the servant would have to get circumcised. If he was a man, he had to get circumcised or a boy. So that now he's saying, I pledge allegiance to the God of Israel. So Oba-Edom had to go through that. So David takes this ark to Obed-Edom. And you know, uh, you know, some stories say that Obed-Edom might have been a black man. I, I, I'm not saying he's not and I'm not saying he is, but I highly doubt it. Because Obed-Edom would have had folks coming over to see the ark. And black people, we don't follow instructions. They'd be touching the ark. He'd be dragging dead people out of his house. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Ah! <laughs> that was just my sanctified imagination, all right? I'm not sure what Obo Edom did while that ark was in his house, but what I do know is that he didn't touch it. Now, the Bible says that the Lord had blessed the household of Obo Edom. And that word blessed is used several times in the Bible. One of the times that that word blessed is used is Genesis 1.22 when the Lord had blessed the, 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 the fish and, and all the uh, animals in the water. It says, and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the water. That's the same word blessed that he said about Obi-Edom. In other words, I believe if Obi-Edom wanted more kids or wanted some kids, God gave them to him. I believe if his children were old enough to have kids and wanted kids, I believe God gave them to him. In fact, in Genesis chapter 12, when it talks about Abraham and how God says, I will bless you and you'll be a, your name will be great. Well, right now, over Edom's name is great. We're preaching about him over 2,000 years later. He says, I will bless you and I will curse those who curse you and bless those that bless you. Now, remember, something tangible had to happen to over Edom. For people to see what was going on. Because remember they came to David in verse 12. Watch verse 12. It says now King David was told that the Lord had blessed the household of Obed-Edom. So that means that God's blessing in his life was physical. People can't see spiritual blessings sometimes. But they sure can see material blessings. And I can just imagine that God began to bless Obed-Edom. I wonder what his neighbors was peeking in looking. Obed-Edom would go off to the field and work and come back with a new donkey. Oh, y'all, Obed-Edom got a new donkey. You see that, baby? He got a new donkey. Obed-Edom go back out, come back home the next day. He come back with a camel. Baby, did you see Obed-Edom got a new camel? I mean, they had to see if they didn't see something, they wouldn't have been able to tell David that God had blessed over Edom. And see, this is what it means to let your light shine. It's not just spiritual. It has to be something that the world can see because the Bible says that man looks on the outside. So that means you got to give them something to look at. Maybe he got his house remodeled. 
Amen. Which brings me now to the third and final way that we said for us to be better stewards. Because we got to respect God's property in order for us to be good stewards. Here's number three. We must have respect for God's presence. The first one, we have to respect his principles and protocol. Number two, we have to uh, respect his what? His property. Here's number three. We must respect his presence. So let's look closely uh, at verses 12 in 2 Samuel. Because it says, David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David. And then verse 13 says this. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed the bull and a fattened cow. And the Bible says in verse 14, David was wearing linen and a linen ephod, dancing before the Lord with all of his might, while he and the entire house of Israel, watch this, brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and with the sound of trumpets. Now I want you to notice something. David returned to get the ark the second time he came correctly. Look at your neighbor and say, you better come correctly. Oh, no, no, no. David came correctly this time. In other words, he had respect for God's presence. And here's the awesome thing about it. When David came, notice the Bible says they took six steps and then he sacrificed, which means they were carrying the ark this time. He didn't put it on no cart because he shouldn't have put it on there the first time. Sometimes we, you and I, we blame what happens to us to God when God had nothing to do with it. We broke a principle. We violated a protocol. Amen. And the amazing thing is that you and I, when we become believers of Jesus Christ, we've been born again of God's spirit, which is now on the inside, which means that, watch this, we are carriers of his presence. We are human arcs. Carrying the presence of God. See, remember a few weeks ago, I taught you that the presence of God is manifested three ways. It's manifested through the omnipresence of God. That means God is everywhere. Through the inner presence of God. That's through the Holy Spirit living on the inside. And then through the manifested presence of God. And as believers, we have an opportunity to to watch this exercise all three of these. Experience all three of these. And the unfortunate thing about it is most people are not conscious of his presence. When you're conscious of his presence, it keeps you from cussing. God ain't going to make you stop cussing. I know you prayed last night, Lord, please help me to stop cussing in 2017. He's going to help you, but he's not going to make you. Help just says right before you do it, something on the inside is going to be like, don't say that. Because see, some of y'all need to put on your, your, what do you call it, uh, New Year's resolution, we're going to call it spiritual resolutions. Stop cussing, number one. And you'd be surprised how many believers cuss. See, see, y'all done shut down on me already. Is this the cussing crowd? Is this this y'all? We are human carriers of his presence. Amen. When you, when you understand what God's presence can do, you will have more respect for it. See, you'll learn how to be a good steward of his presence when you learn that in his presence things happen. 
See, Satan knows this, and that's why he wants you to worship him. Look, it's so important for us to have personal and public worship. So there are several of us here today that miss worship. Well, listen, when you understand and and learn how to steward his presence in your life, then not only would you get on time for, 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 for praise and worship, if you miss it, stay for the first part of praise and worship in the second service. Because what you're saying is, Lord, I missed it on the first one, but I ain't going to miss it on the second one. Because I'm going to tell you something, healing can happen. You spending all your money to go to the doctor when you gotta, all you got to do is just stay in front of the physician. So let's put some practical steps to this as we close. Here's some practical steps. There were three points that we had. Here's the first one. We must have respect for God's principles and protocol. What does that mean? Let's put it in practicalities. Well, start obeying what you already know to do. One of the biggest excuses that I believe that God gets tired of hearing is that he understands our heart. I believe, now, I'm not saying he's tired of hearing this, but, but, you know, I think he's tired of hearing that. Remember now, your heart is a reflection of your words and your actions. You might not have meant it, but you did it. Amen. Number two, we must have respect for God's property. Begin to take better care of what God has blessed you with. It's not yours, your manager. Amen. His word says that if we're faithful over little, He'll give us some more to be faithful over. In other words, increase comes with proper faithfulness and stewardship. So guess what? Watch that car that you don't want. I know you don't want it. I want a new car. Well, watch the one you got. Vacuum out the inside of that thing. Got all those french fry crumbs up in there. (laughs) Got those hamburger wrappers balled up in the back. Take care of the clothes that you have. Iron them. Wash them. Be thankful for the job you have even if you don't like it. Listen, one of the secrets to multiplying things is being thankful for the little you have. That's what Jesus did. Before he fed the 5,000, they brought him the five loaves and the fish. And he, the Bible says he took it up to God and thought, thank God for it. Thank God for that job. Amen. And then the last one, we must respect, have respect for God's presence. Become a personal and public worshiper. Praise and worship is just not something we do as a feeling to get the word. Sometimes God is wanting to do a work inside before the word gets in there. See, sometimes our hearts are cluttered and clouded and has stuff in it like worry and doubt and anxiety. And and so now while you're worshiping, the God of the ark of presence shows up and next thing you know, you walk out free and didn't even realize what had happened. You sat out in pain and got up pain free and didn't figure it out till you got home. It's because in his presence... I want to challenge us as a church to be a public worshiper and a private worshiper. Man, this week, while you fast in social media, instead of checking 
all the people who may have liked something you posted five months ago, why don't you put some worship music on and begin to worship him? Why don't you sing that line of that song y'all made up? I guess it was a made-up song. I don't know. Is that a made-up song? Come on, sing one line so we can just be a public worshiper. I want more of you. Is that what you said? Give me more. 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 Give me more, give me more, give me more. I want more, I want more, I want more. Give me more, give me more, give me more. Give me more, give me more, give me more. We want more, we want more, we want more. We want more, we want more, we want more. We want more, we want more, we want more. We want more, we want more, we want more. Hallelujah, Father. As John the Baptist said, as I decreased, he increased. Father, as we decrease, we thank you for your presence increasing in our lives. And I declare that 2017 will be a year of fullness, a year of increase, a year of your favor and your blessings, a year of more of not just stuff, but a year of more of you. And Lord, I thank you that miracles are going to occur this year, miracles of healing. Hallelujah. Miracles of breakthrough. Miracles of things that we tried to change and couldn't. But you stepped right in. And so we thank you that 2017 is going to be a year of stewardship and increase. We'll look back at this year and see the marvelous things that you have done. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. With every head bowed.